Hey, what's up, everybody? This is C3 Films, and we are at an open discussion. My name is Chris, and this is... Cheryl. And today, we're going to be talking about a Netflix movie called I Care A Lot. So we're going to go into spoiler territory here. If you haven't seen the movie, go and watch it, and then come back and check out our video. So without further ado, let's go ahead and just jump right into it. So tell me, Cheryl, like, you recommended this movie, and you actually saw it twice, um once before you recommended it for me to watch and then the second time after we decided to do it for the show what made like what made you want to talk about it for the show specifically i just after i watched it i i really wanted to talk about it so only natural for me to want to call you up and be like okay we need to do this because i need to talk about it <laughs> and i guess the reason why i wanted to talk about it was because of how excited I was to, for like a lot of reasons actually, but I was, I think, mostly excited about this movie because there was really no hero. Everyone in this movie was like a bad guy and you don't get that that often. And I think that's what really excited me the most. Um, also because I love Peter Dinklage and I love how... The main characters are women and, I guess, in a sense, like, it's not your typical white male character. Like, they're, the people in the movie are different. And that made me enjoy the movie even more. Um, and also the ending was very satisfying. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured the reason that you wanted me to see it was because of the fact that um, it's a story about all villains. I mean, the movie basically starts off by telling you there are no good people in the world. Um, and then she goes into this whole like speech about like um, Predator and Prey and all that jazz. And so the actress, the lead actress of this film is Rosamund Pike, who most people will probably recognize from the movie Gone Girl with Ben Affleck. And what I thought was interesting in this movie was how she essentially kind of plays a similar character as the one from that movie. Um, and maybe it's just one of those things where she's getting typecasted as this kind of um, smart and like aggressive, um, you know, female role, female lead. But um, I remember seeing like seeing her first couple of scenes and being like, is is this a sequel to uh, Gone Girl? Because it, it, you feel like almost the same person. Um, but yeah, she's a really she's a really talented actress, and I love Peter Dinklage too. So I like seeing Peter Dinklage in this movie, and I like seeing him even more as a villain, because Peter Dinklage is usually po posed as the the good guy and the you know the guy that's gonna be on your side or whatever else like that. But um, except for like in maybe X Men, even then. Like, he was bad, but he wasn't, like, that bad. This, he's a gangster, and it's, like, he's ready to kill you. And I loved, every time he was on screen, I loved it. Yeah, I just, like, in a sense, it it wasn't enjoyable because you're not really rooting for anyone, and you're not getting satisfaction because your main character is the villain. And, in a sense, she succeeds almost the entire time of this movie and so you're just like really annoyed and like pissed off the whole time that she's winning and like 
Peter Dinklage is also a villain, but you're kind of rooting for him. Not, but you're not rooting for him. You're rooting for her to lose. And, yes. <laughs> and so it's, it's just a little like, ugh. But then you're so satisfied at the end because you really get your just desserts. And it's not like, it's, it's from like, almost like a surprise because the book end is so neat. It's so tidy. It's like, the f- you go in with her voiceover and meeting this guy that she like screws over, and then it ends with him getting his revenge. He's actually the hero of the movie because he takes care of the villain, and then it ends with her voiceover. By the way. This is the perfect example of a movie that properly uses voiceovers. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, because I have a really big thing about it. It's a huge pet peeve when like voiceovers are misused, and this is definitely a movie where it's not the greatest voiceover story, but at least they use it properly. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. And I'm glad you brought up the frustration with the movie, because I legitimately when I was watching the film, was thinking to myself, I'm going to be that guy that just tells Cheryl I hated this movie. I, I'm going to just go, I'm going to just be like, why did you make me watch this? I am just spending the entire movie angry. Because, like, I am on the side of Peter, Dink- Peter Dinklage because of the fact that you mess with this, with his mom. Like, you're already messing with people in general. And, yeah, and all these people are somebody's parent. But now we have an, a, an actual, like, connection to one of the people that you messed up that also just seems like fine. And so you're messing with someone's mom. And so like when she makes this speech to the mother where she says, your people broke the rules because they tried to kill one of my friends. I rolled my eyes and nearly flipped the table. I was I was like, shut up because you are messing with somebody's parent. You are messing with someone's mom and you're talking about rules. Get the heck off my screen. I cannot wait for you to die. And so more frustration comes in because she keeps getting one over on people. She keeps succeeding. And so I can't help but feel like a tightening in my chest and just feel a rage um, throughout the entirety of the movie. And the only time that led up was when they decided that they were going to work together. Like I found myself not being as angry with that ending. And I was like, okay, this is probably the best I'm going to get is the fact that they're going to work together and it ends and she's still on top. And I was resigned to that. I resigned myself to just be like, this is my ending. And then the last 30 seconds of that movie happened and I nearly fell on the floor laughing. I was was like, yes! There is justice in this movie where it feels like there was no justice. And that was it. So now I can tell you, I love the movie. Right, exactly. I think that's why I found the movie so interesting is because, like, I too thought that I was going to hate this movie. It was like, oh, I don't like how it's making me feel. But then at the end, I'm like, you know what? This is a good movie because it made you feel something. It really, like, boils that emotion inside of you and then it turns it around completely at the very end and, and, like, you get so much satisfaction and it's like it's it's hard to get that from a movie and there, there's a lot of things about this movie that like make it really good even though it's not terribly terribly outstandish or unique it just has yeah. a lot of striking things in it um and that being 
it being different with, you know, not having a hero, no, well, it has a hero, but not, like, a main character hero, and it, it just does something a little bit more unique, um, however slight it is, where they change that up a little bit, and I guess, like, I don't know, I can't, I can't put my finger on everything, (laughs) But yeah. I do I do appreciate all the unique qualities for it and, and that it really makes you feel stuff because that's hard to do. No, absolutely. And yeah, I think that the movie in general is a very simple uh, type of movie. And yeah, I don't think that it's any type of groundbreaking film. I wouldn't go out of the way and say anything like that. The thing that the... But what I would say is that a movie is, is successful if it achieves what it's trying to... If, what it sets out to do. What is the intention? The intention that I gather from this movie is intended to give you a film that doesn't have any true hero and makes you really want to root against the main character of the film, but constantly gives you things that hurt you because there's no comeuppance, there's no uh, catharsis in throughout the entire movie. You keep seeing this person that you want to you want to see fail, you see them succeed, and what I the reason I think that the movie can be more successful for me is because of the fact that it it almost feels like the movie spends the entirety of its runtime beating you down, saying that there there is no justice, there is no justice. People like this get away with it. This is the way the world works, and it's this nihilistic approach to what our society is, and that just that doesn't feel good. And so at some point, like my journey, you eventually just accept that this is the movie that you're watching. And you accept that the ending that you get is just going to be an ending that you're not going to be happy with. And such is life. There is there there is no happy ending or whatnot. And then within, the reason I'm impressed is because within the span of like literally 30 seconds, the movie completely flips all of that. And the reason that it's so effective is because it just spent like the almost two hour runtime beating you down just so that it could make 30 seconds, um, take 30 seconds to give you the catharsis you've been waiting for this entire movie and then it's over and so you're left with that last that that feeling that you wanted and that's the last thing you remember which is why you can leave the movie happy mm-hmm. and there's just like you know i couldn't agree more about how they spend so much time just beating you down with like corruption and not just any corruption but it's like the government it's the people that you're supposed yes. to trust and trust. believe in and not everyone is bad but they're being manipulated into doing what the villains want for you know capitalism making money people are greedy and and all this stuff but in the end even though she had all this success and she has all this money what was it for because she ends up losing it all from the little guy that we completely forgot about like you didn't even think he mattered at the beginning until like you see him at the end and you're like wait a minute he looks familiar and you're like oh snap he's from the very beginning and then you know he's gonna pull out the gun and then he has the gun and you're like whoa and then it's not even just that she dies but it's also Fran who loses everything too because Marla is her everything and now she Mm -hmm. has to live the rest of her life without her without Marla so she also gets her punishment 
I guess the only person who doesn't really get punishment is Peter Dinklage, but that's okay because I'm okay with that. Yeah, we we kind of like him. He wasn't that. He wasn't the villain of the story, even though he is a villain. And to be fair, the whole thing about a movie is kind of based off of what you what what the director what they what he chooses what they choose to show you, and we didn't see Peter Dinklage do anything evil to people who didn't deserve it. As far as we see, the only people that Peter Dinklage go after are the people that went after his mother. And so in our minds, he's justified. So we're not we're not associating him with the villain, even though he's talking about how he pulled he broke all the fingers off one woman that um, said something that he didn't like. You know, he's clearly a bad person, but because we don't see him doing acts of harm to people that in our minds don't deserve it, we can we can imprint onto him and you like see him as the 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 way that we can get our own vengeance on this type of person because this could be our mom and we would and we feel like we'd want to hurt this person too so like i absolutely agree with you um with all of that and i really enjoyed the fact that the movie played with that especially because my opinion of the movie was that it was going to be a movie about don't mess with people you don't know so when she like goes after the mom, but then the mom is associated with somebody that's in the Russian mob, it's like, yeah, you mess with the wrong person. And so that gets me excited. But then apparently she's just so good that it didn't matter. But then no, that, that theme was still true because she messed with the wrong person at the beginning of the movie. And that was, and that ended up being her undoing by the end of the film. So mm-hmm. it's, it's great. Yeah. I mean, the only evil thing I, the only evil thing I think he really did in the movie was take one bite out of a donut and then throw it on the ground. That was Rude. <laughs> It was it was such a beautiful donut and it was so <laughs> He was having a bad day. <laughs> but anyway, um I couldn't like I felt like I was was on like a, a roller coaster of emotion with him because on the one hand, like you already know that Marla is a terrible person and then you have, you know, this whole, I, f- I feel like it almost like the Titans fighting each other because of Peter Dinklage and his mom and, and they're all like, oh, like just you wait, he's coming, he's coming and like, and and I I felt like oh snap there's gonna be like oh she's gonna get it now but then like then they kind of like take that away from you and I honestly thought that um that Peter Dinklage was going to team up with Marla when he first meet meets her mm. because I thought that he would find her impressive and then make her an offer and partnership at that point in the movie and then get his mom back and then like take us on a whole nother journey in the movie that's what i thought i think that would have also worked for me in in a way where they where they start a partnership earlier um and have trouble along the way but it still worked out kind of although i did feel like she was in the water too long when he tried to kill her she was in the water way too long to survive but like even with that scene, when I when we got to that scene, I looked at the runtime. It was forty minutes left of the movie. I immediately am like, okay, she's not dying right now, unless the movie like switches like perspective to Fran and now she's the main character. Like, we she's not gonna die here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the other thing about these characters is that none of them have any remorse. Like Marla and Fran show no remorse for what they've done. Even after they they have people actively trying to murder them, they still never they never utter the words maybe we shouldn't have done this or you know we we never should have like taken advantage of these people. They have they are unapologetic. They do not care. And when given the opportunity, they continue to do exactly what they've been doing the entire time. That's what money does. It's the greed and the desire for money. And I and I, I guess you could say that is kind of an honest depiction of how some people really are, where they really mm. don't care about other people as long as they get what they want. Uh, and I think... Right. You know, when that moment when that lawyer, Dean, goes to meet Marla and he offers to give her $300,000, I was like, she should just take that money and then keep the diamonds because no one really knows about the diamonds. But I guess, you know, they figure out about it later. But that would have been cool with me. I'd take that. But uh, (laughs) I'd I'd, I'd, I'd take that as a win. But um, but she wanted more, and and the more she got, like you know, she she got so much more. But then, it was all in vain, really. So. Yeah, uh, no, she got she got a little too greedy, and that, maybe that's the ultimate thing is that yeah, she if she had just taken that money and run, she would have had her life. Um, but one of the other things I wanted to mention as well that we didn't get to touch on yet was two twofold. Wait, one, hang on before you. Before you change the subject, I just wanted to point out um, that she says that she's not afraid of death because, you know, um, and Dean says everybody dies (laughs) at some point. Yeah. (laughs) And like, and it's true, like, once you die, then it's like, well, okay, then (laughs) none of that really mattered, Right. right? Yeah, like the way she makes that argument when she's about to die is like, do you remember what happened in 1887? Yeah, me neither. <laughs> like it'll just be more, it'll just be that again. <laughs> like so, she makes okay. it seem like she doesn't really care if she dies, but then, I guess she kind of does because, what's the point of living? I guess it kind of takes away from the point of living, and yeah. it should also take away the point of money. It's it's a this the question of what is the point uh, of living and doing all the things that you're doing if you don't get, live long enough to actually be able to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know they they say in that news segment you're only thirty nine. You know that you have nothing but like the rest of the, like your life ahead of you. And the irony is that she doesn't. So you know you spend all that time collecting amassing this wealth wealth and cheating these people and you've succeeded at 39 years old and you think to yourself, man, I have at least another like 40 years of life ahead of me to enjoy the things that I did, but you don't, you, you, you die right after you achieved your goal, which is also a kind of, I like a kind of brutal irony, which is kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but like one of the things I want to talk about was the, the music in this movie and how I felt that, it really worked well with the with what was happening. Like the score comes across almost kind of like a um, like a slasher '70s flick in some 
in some cases, a lot of synth noises and things like that, um, loud sounds. But I found in those scenes when the music, when the score was just carrying the scenes and there was no dialogue, I really enjoyed like uh, the music like throughout the movie. So I didn't even notice the music. No. That That's how you know they did a good job. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was seamless, I guess, because uh, I, I didn't really, it, nothing really stuck out to me. Um, yeah. In that sense, so I guess it didn't bother me or it, it didn't excite me either. Neutral. Neutral on the music. <laughs> well, yeah. And then the other thing was that I felt that the they they had like a high like high talent in this um, in this movie. Basically, every scene, even when what was it? Even that scene with Dean and Marla, um, all of those scenes were well acted. They were always interesting to sit down and listen to, even though it's just two people talking and like giving threats to each other or veiled threats to one another. It's always interesting. When I even when I see Marla. And um, the older woman, when they're talking, and I thought this was funny how, like, Marla sh- shows her hypocrisy. She says to Dean, or she says to Fran, that Dean resorted to threats because he had nothing else. But then the first thing she does in the exact next scene, when the old woman doesn't give her the information she wants, she threatens her. So she's just as prone to doing it as as Dean was. And I thought that that was pretty interesting because it's the literal next scene after she said that line of dialogue. But all those scenes are very well acted to me. And they, I just thought they were really good. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought the, I was actually going to say that too, that all of the acting in this movie is so good that I've just kind of blown away a little bit about how good the acting is. Because usually they're, usually you don't watch a movie and go, oh, I really love the acting. It's usually right. like, okay, like I'm, I enjoyed the movie. But in this case, like I just, really thought that the the actors were really strong and that could be also because of how uh the script is written the dialogue is written where you really feel the the battle in the dialogue where and in in the acting where um like they're they're all basically fighting for power and control just by having a conversation and that is really fun to me to just see because you don't get that a lot in other movies where you know usually they have dialogue to carry the film along so that they can have you know the next thing happen but I think a lot of the scenes where people are having conversations with each other it's to show the strength of that character so they're more like character scenes than story Mm -hmm. scenes yeah no absolutely and i think that that's probably why the movie um ends up being as effective as it is because of the fact that those those character scenes are what are going to carry you throughout the entire movie there's what they're what's going to make you either hate somebody like roseman pike's character marlo or absolutely like maybe not love peter dinklage's character but at least root for his success because you want to see her fail so yeah um but that's everything for me. Is there anything other, anything else you wanted to kind of touch on that we didn't get to talk about yet? Um, I, I did feel like I wanted Fran to die. I don't know how you, 
<laughs> but then you know okay. me. <laughs> I felt bad about writing it, but I wrote that in my notes that um, that Fran, it, it's ridiculous that Fran survived. Um, one, I thought that he was going to try to make her listen to Fran as she died when they were in two separate places. And then two, the fact that she was able to, like, even though there were simultaneous actions of, like, the whole being gassed in the house and being, like, captured, tied up, conversation, put into a car, like, drugged, put into a car and sit up and then sent into the, sent into the river um, or to the lake, like, she basically did all of that, then got out, walked to a gas station, got new clothes, got into a Uber, drove all the way back to her place and gets there before the gas kills, before the gas kills Fran. Like, that bothered me. So yes, that mm-hmm. I'm glad you brought that. that I, I literally wrote that too. That was yeah. something that that's how very- yeah, that's exactly how I felt. I I mean I I guess in a sense I no, I think it would have worked because if, if, if Fran died it still would have motivated Marla to to continue, you know, um pressing on and making things worse. Um, but I guess the point of Fran living until the end is so that you could show Marla having everything and then losing everything. Yeah, and see, I, initially I thought that I wanted for Fran to die to hurt Marla, but the reason I almost for, I forgot about it and like you know didn't bring it up was that the ending that they chose I almost felt was like maybe more was maybe more successful for me because since Fran lived, she got to be there to see Marla die instead. And Marla's really the one I wanted to die. I didn't necessarily want Fran to die. I wanted Marla to die. So I get my wish of having Marla die, but Fran's still a terrible person. But guess what? Now Fran gets to suffer by holding the woman that she loves in her arms Mm -hmm. as she bleeds out and dies on on the pavement. And it's really bad because it says a lot about us as a society, but like (laughs) the... I I was I felt very vindicated in my vengeance in that justice. Moment. I was I literally felt the phrase just um uh, just desserts. <laughs> right? Cuz I was like sweet. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I don't know if the filmmaker's trying to say something about the people that revel in the uh destruction of another human being, but I mean I, all I care about is what they did, and what they did was awful. And because uh, they did awful things, I want to see them pay. I think the only other thing that kind of bothered me was that, you know, for Peter Dinklage being like a huge drug dealer and everything, he doesn't have a lot of guys around. Like I felt like it was too easy for Marla to single-handedly take take them down, and not that like. I think how she took down the guys were, like, that was fine. I think what made it not convincing was there not being more obstacles and there literally only being, like, one guy and then one guy and then they weren't even two guys together. They were two individual guys that she took down separately. So it's like... Awesome. Apparently, she's better at like getting rid of somebody or killing them than the than the hit than the professional hitmen are. Exactly, like 
He needs better guys and more of <laughs> they oh, they stuck in killing. <laughs> right? Because it'd be one thing if you killed one but the other one didn't die, then it's like, okay, well that's a fifty percent ratio, but they were 0 for two. They literally killed neither one of them. Well they got the they doctor. Both... Oh, that's true. They got they have a thirty three percent win rate. So okay. two for three. <laughs> <laughs> you know so that that was the so that was the thing that just felt yeah you're right that one also felt a little weird because they are professionals and yet they have they literally don't kill either of those two women but then this woman gets to peter dinklage and basically if she wanted to he'd be dead and and gone mm -hmm. they never find it yeah so that one that one did make me kind of roll my eyes like oh of <laughs> course they're not as good and like she's good and she's able to capture him easily without any effort, basically. But mm -hmm. Whatever. Yeah. I mean, in I all got the my other drug movies, they have, like, a lot of guys with guns. and <laughs> Right. And Peter Dinklage just has, like, one bodyguard and one driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is interesting considering that he went through all the trouble of changing his mom's name because he was worried that people would come after his mom, mm -hmm. which shows that he should probably, he even has a lawyer on retainer that no one else knows about. Um, and like a, a safety deposit box for a key to another safety deposit box. <laughs> you would think that he might have more than two guys. Mm -hmm. Yep. Also, you would think that when you pull into a car, when you get into a car, I don't care how like little you are, when if you're if you're tall enough to see over the windshield, then you would think that when you were moving across the seat, that you would see the knocked out body on the ground right next to the car. Mm -hmm. Like that one got, also got me. I was like, the guy's literally right there. I don't care. Anytime I see I get into a car, I I immediately see the ground around me, even when I'm not trying. Yeah, I yeah for sure was not convinced. I was like, this this is too easy. This is not. Yeah. <laughs> and what a wig she had. <laughs> oh, what a wig. A convenient wig that fit perfectly. Maybe she bought it. Maybe she went and bought it. Maybe it took some That's time true. off screen to buy it. <laughs> I got it from that hair and makeup department. <laughs> like, I was they went to a professional wig store. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right, right. So... But yeah, um, was there anything else that kind of struck you? That, that was two really good points. <laughs> no, that was, that was it for me. All right. So what about you guys? Did you guys see I Care A Lot? What did you think about it? Uh, did you like it? Did you, did you hate it? Were you vindicated by the end? Or did you kind of wish there was like kind of a different ending? Uh, whatever you thought, comment below. Let us know. And while you're down there, if you give us a like, share, and subscribe. You don't though. I've been Chris and this has been Cheryl and we will see you all next time.